Welcome to the Scottish Business Network podcast. Hello, I'm Fraser Allen. Welcome to episode 67. A phrase that we now hear in the media every day is mental health. But it wasn't always that way. People and businesses have become far more comfortable discussing issues such as stress, anxiety and depression. And even more so now in the wake of the pandemic crisis. And while a lot of people are desperate to throw themselves back into a more normal way of life, others are feeling anxious about emerging from lockdown. Who better to speak to then than Fiona McKinnon, co-founder of The Moment Company? Fee built up a highly successful global career in digital media and marketing before the crazy hours and endless long-haul flights caught up with her, and she decided to reboot her life. This ultimately led her to get together with two kindred spirits, Alex Strang and Charlie Cadbury, to launch The Moment Company and their mental fitness product, The Moment Pebble. I asked Fee to provide some advice for anyone who might be struggling with lockdown-related anxiety issues. She has some great practical tips and tells the story of her life and career to date beautifully. Well worth a listen. If you enjoy this episode, why not subscribe to the series? Simply search for Scottish Business Network on Apple Music, Spotify or the podcast platform of your choice. Fiona McKinnon, lovely to have you on the on the podcast. Where in the world are you today and, and how has life in lockdown been for you? Good morning, Fraser. Um, I am in Hove on the south coast of England at the moment. I'll say sunny, but I would be lying. Um, uh, and I, I've lived here for about six years. Um, and how has lockdown been for me? I, it's kind of been a game of two halves, really. So um, first lockdown, I actually found myself moving back up to Scotland and our bros where I'm from, um, which is a bit of a long story, but I, I spent all of last year in Scotland for the, the first lockdown. And then the second one, I've been, I've been back down here in England. So it's been very interesting to compare and contrast how lockdown has been managed between the two countries. Mm-hmm. And it's very different. Right. Yeah. In, in, in what way? Well, we don't get Boris on the TV every lunchtime down here <laughs> in the same way we did Nicola. Right. Um, and just the kind of, the, I guess, the rules and regulations are somewhat different. And obviously being in a slightly larger city compared to being in our growth, it felt very different. I felt very safe in Scotland the first lockdown and somewhat doubly removed from the rest of <laughs> life, which was no bad thing. Well, we're going to come back to our growth later on, but yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're CEO and co-founder of The Moment Company, which focuses on helping people deal with stress. And we're also going to come back to that later on as well in more, in more detail. But with the year that people have just had and, and now the additional, and, uh, additional anxiety that many people, I think, are experiencing as we emerge from lockdown, um, I thought you'd be very well placed to offer some advice. <laughs> so from your understanding of your audience... What, what do you yeah. think are some of the main stress and anxiety issues that people are currently struggling with, particularly in relation to their working lives? I mean, it's been a very, very interesting um, 12, 16 months in that um, I would say that people are more open and aware of talking about mental well-being um, mm-hmm. because of COVID. You know, it's certainly brought stress, anxiety, and the underlying issues for that, loneliness, financial burden, you know, family stress, living conditions, uncertainty, all of those things really to the fore, um, you know, from governments to individual companies talking about the need for people to look after their 
their well-being and that certainly was was a, was a big thing last year and everybody's saying let's let's look after our neighbors what can we do to help ourselves and there was a huge increase in people searching for meditation techniques apps like headspace and calm really kind of increased their their membership as a result and people really became aware of the things that they could do to really kind of support themselves so you know the daily walk you know it was it was mm. all over the the press you know it's really important to get outside to be in nature to feel fresh air to get your body moving and all of those things became part of our daily our daily routines um which was positive um but now of course as people are returning to work there's a, a new set of anxiety that goes with that. And that is coming out of our, if you can call it a comfort bubble <laughs> that we all had. Um, and then seeing people again, you know, what does that look like? How does it feel to be in a crowd when, you know, we've had that sensation taken away from us? Um, even little things like the commute, which for many people is not a little thing, mm. can feel quite confronting um, now. So, People are anxious now as we move into a new phase around new things, which are, what does work look like for me? I don't really want to leave the comfort of my home. Perhaps, you know, people that have young families, it's been a great 12 months. It's not to say everybody has had a bad experience. Um, and also just that pressure on time um, and, and still that underlying fear of, you know, have we turned a corner in controlling the virus or not so there's a multitude of layers that that really um people are dealing with at the moment and there's also the whole sector of frontline workers to be mindful of who are not returning to work they've always been at work and i think it's important to acknowledge um their anxiety and, and what that whole group of workers have been dealing with as well in terms of you know directly facing fear of, of virus illness and some of the terrible situations that they've they've found themselves in in the last 12 months as well so um it sounds pretty doom and gloom but it's not because mm -hmm. there's lots of things we can do to combat it but yet everyone has some form of underlying stress or anxiety at the moment just because of the world that we're living in but it's kind of strange, isn't it? Because you know, some people are just so desperate to to get out of that whole lockdown thing and 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 see all their friends and leap into it and everything. And as you say, for for other people, um, it, it's it does feel difficult. So I mean, if, if somebody is now preparing to face the possibility of getting on a, a, a busy train for half an hour or, or longer, and and then being in a in a big office, you know, surrounded by lots of people. What, any sort of advice you could give them on how to try and manage those feelings of anxiety? Yes, absolutely. And um, the first thing to acknowledge is how you feel. So knowing that you might have a feeling of stress, whatever that may be for you, whether it's a kind of, you know, tightness in your in your chest and breathing or quicker or perhaps you know the kind of gut feeling that you just feel uneasy you know, recognizing those moments are really important and acknowledging that stress and you know not all stress is bad um, we need a little bit of what's called you stress good stress in order to get up and function in the morning it's what creates that shot of adrenaline it's what gives us the drive to want to do things so 
you know, a little bit of stress is good for us. So that little bit of nervous, oh gosh, can sometimes be a good thing to channel. But it's recognizing when it feels like it's not in a good place is, is the first step. And it's almost impossible. In fact, it is impossible to talk yourself out of stress. Right. You cannot use your brain power to overcome it. It all starts in the body. And the easiest way to get the body to take over the mind is to take some deep breaths. And right. that simple action triggers your vagus nerve. It creates that moment um, of stimulation, which reduces your heart rate, gets your brain and head into a more coherent state and gives you that moment just to go, okay, I've got this or, <laughs> okay, I can move forward. And so it always comes from the body first. And a really easy way to do that is to learn to breathe into your belly. Um, so if you place, come on, Fraser, you can do Ooh, it with me. Okay. I'll you place one hand on your stomach. Yes. Actually, both hands on your stomach. Right. Okay. Um, if you want. I'm glad this is just audio, not video. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and what you want to feel is as you breathe in, your hands being pushed away by your belly. And as you breathe out, your hands dropping back down again. And you can do this with your eyes open or closed. Um, but I'll, I'll take you through a couple of rounds of breath, which okay. are um, based on five in, five out, which is cardiac mm -hmm. coherent breathing. So if you are sitting, come. I am I'm ready to roll. <laughs> so let's breathe in for the count of five. So two, three, four, five, and out. Two three, four, five, in, pushing your hands away, three, four, five, and out, let your hands drop, three, four, five, one more time, in, two, three, four, five, and out, two, three, four, that's just 30 seconds three rounds of breath and it just creates that moment of calm it and we, does yeah it does yeah, work doesn't it it's, well no it, it really does work and it's funny because like take a deep breath is just part of our language isn't it? it's like a cliche mm -hmm. that people say when they're faced with something awkward but I, I do I, I had um, some coaching years ago where, uh, to help me with public speaking mm -hmm. and and the guy gave similar advice and it, it is extraordinary it really does calm you down it's a great great tip for people yeah we we actually um so at moment company that um sequence is the basis of our product the moment pebble that guides you uses a light mm. sequence to guide you through that and we attach we've attached ourselves and various people to technology that monitors your heart and brain wave coherence and almost immediately the brain waves go into a coherent state, which shows that you're starting to kind of smooth out your breathing and you're going into a more calm rhythm. And so right. it happens in an instant. Um, so really everybody has the power to do this. It doesn't take technology. It doesn't take an app. You just need to breathe. And once you've done that, you've got that moment, that space of calm 
where we bring in our next pillar and our next bit of advice, which is around mindfulness. So learning to do everything a little bit more mindfully is another way that you can help reduce stress in your day. So another little tip I have is is just thinking about your language. Mm -hmm. So we have 60,000 thoughts a day. Uh, 95% of those are the ones we had yesterday nice. and 80% of them are negative. Right. Right. So we are right. almost pre-programmed as humans hmm. to think this, to, to, to live today as we did yesterday and right. we tend to be more negative mm-hmm. and that's the thoughts that we have constantly in our heads. So just being catching those, um, phrases that we perhaps use daily and changing them and framing them in a more positive way can make a huge difference. So saying things like, I can't, I won't, I should Mm -hmm. are really negative, Mm -hmm. but we can change that by saying, even if we say, I can't do that right now, I can later is just a way of reframing it, which sends a signal to your body that it's less negative. Mm -hmm. It's a way to move forward um, in a more positive mindset. So I think about language quite a lot and the language that I use, but it's really important in the workplace, as you know, because it can really impact how you communicate to others, Mm. how you communicate to your clients and customers, and also things like the values and mission that you put into your business. Just being really mindful of the language can really kind of set a different positive tone Mm. um, for how you communicate as an organization. Fantastic advice. I've now got visions of, of people sitting on the train with their hands on their stomachs, <laughs> breathing in and out and choosing their words very carefully, thinking about how they re- reframe things. So that's, oh, uh, Another one that you can mm, take with yeah. you, which I love. Sorry, I've got I've got lots. No, no, keep them coming. The last one um, is uh, another little simple trick um, from, from therapy, which is, is to look up. So we always think about um, stress and anxiety as about kind of calming ourselves down and we use meditation, mm. breath work and mindfulness for that. But those three things combined can also create um, productivity, uh, inspiration and creativity. And so taking a few deep breaths and also looking up triggers your alpha brain waves, which right. are your more creative brainwaves um so when you think you know you see people looking up to think uh and imagine that's actually all creating that frontal brainwave um trigger right and it's a moment just to be more creative so an old therapy trick was to get um patients to uh count chimneys because it encourages you to look up and not look down, mm-hmm. uh, which is a kind of natural kind of lowering state. But naturally looking up kind of creates a more positive and productive mindset. So when you need some inspiration next, get away from your screens and just look up for a minute. That's great. I'm doing it now. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just, it just it, it smile does. as well. <laughs> does. Smiling is another one. Smile. It, Triggers yeah. your endorphins and makes you feel <laughs> It makes you feel happy, even if you're not happy when you start smiling. Yes. Yeah, it kind of tricks yeah. your brain into it. It tricks your brain. Mm. It's all about tricking that brain for your body 
tricking your brain into a more positive state. The second half of the interview continues in a few seconds after this. Do you need a communications expert to help you with your marketing, brand storytelling or strategic content? Find out what I, Fraser Allen, can provide at www.allencoms.co.uk. That's Allen with two L's and an E and comms with two M's. Let's now head back to our broth. So I want to find out more about you, Fee. So tell us about your upbringing um, up on the, the east coast of Scotland. And what were you dreaming of doing for a career when you were growing up? So, yeah, I, I was born in Fraserborough. Um, right. My dad worked for Caterpillar in the marine uh, side of things. And we moved to Arbroath because he had a boat building business. So my upbringing was very much um, in the harbour lots of fish and chips um <laughs> and um my I, I, we still have the same family home now um so yeah very very kind of settled great upbringing can't can't really complain about anything really very horses um always busy doing doing something um I don't really know what I wanted to do um I know I love school right um and I loved learning and I had some great teachers at Arbroath High um, and I loved history and I loved geography. And um, I didn't realize at the time, because not no one really in my family had been to university before, that you could do things like geography and history. And it was a teacher at Arbroath High that said to me, why don't you go and do that at university that that kind of led me to, to study and, and to head off to Glasgow. Um, and from that, I kind of had a notion that I wanted, loved Indiana Jones, and I wanted to do a bit of archaeology and right. town planning and, and discovering old things. And and uh, that was what led me to do to do that degree. But I didn't really have too much of an idea what I wanted to do growing up. Good time at Glasgow? Loved it. Yeah. Loved Glasgow Uni. Every minute of it, um, they had to drag me out of there after four years. Um, <laughs> It was a great experience, yeah. So from there, you you went on to a very accomplished career in digital media and marketing. So how did you go from Indiana Jones to to that sort of activity? (laughs) Well, the travel was always in me, that's for sure. Um, So I, what's interesting is that I joined digital online media at a time when it, it was really, it was called new media at that point, and it was still very much new and an industry that no one knew anything about which was really fortunate for me because we were all in the same place (laughs) and the same position so uh, I joined various startups and it was really a kind of um, figuring it all out together experience Um, and I feel very fortunate to have been there um, at at the beginning and, and discovering that and what was interesting is I, I grew those businesses and hired people to join in our online advertising mission. I said, I ended up hiring a lot of geography students. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just that halo effect or there was something about the curiosity, figuring out what happens if you, you know, build one building in one place, what happens to the, the okay. building next yeah. to it or that um, mm. understanding of logic or just a, interest in people and and maybe that's where marketing comes in there as well and behaviors but yeah I ended up hiring a lot of geography students so there must be something deep down in there that correlates between my degree and what I ended up doing. 
So tell us a bit about some of those roles. And you travelled you traveled the world, didn't you? You worked in yeah, I did. Uh, London, which is quite a big move from our both, <laughs> and then Australia and the States. Yeah, so I am very fortunate that um, the startups that I joined, I was literally employee number one in um, my first digital media company called Adviva. Um, and when I left, there was 85 people and we had offices throughout Europe and I was responsible for building those relationships and, and, and hiring in those offices. And that kind of set me on a, a path, I guess, of being curious about how media worked in other countries. And um, that then led me to uh, join a startup in Melbourne in 2007. I had a funny feeling that the economic crisis wasn't going to work out too well and I thought well I'll just move to the sunshine and ride it out there instead and I strangely have a whole cohort of people from our growth in in Australia so it seemed like a friendly place to land and I absolutely loved it and I was there for three years but doing a global role from Melbourne where your boss is based in Germany was just too many 4am conference calls for me right so I, I moved from that organization, I moved to West Coast US and, and Los Angeles to be closer to product development, to be closer to Silicon Valley, right. and to be closer to a kind of central uh, time zone where it made sense to kind of run a global team. Um, and then from LA, I moved to Toronto and did a similar wow. job there where I set up an operations in uh, Canada, North, uh, US and, and the UK. And then finally in about 2014, found myself back in London. Um, and that's where, that's where I have stayed in, in England since. And that's when you, you've settled down in, in Hove. And I, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, Fia, people, one of the results of the pandemic crisis is people and businesses are much more willing to acknowledge and discuss issues with stress anxiety mental mm -hmm. health etc and i know that the creation of the moment company that, that you've established was partly born from your own experiences of a kind of burnout through through work so what, what happened and, and how did that experience shape your thinking yeah so um as glamorous as it sounds living in three different continents and almost as many years and you know I, I actually knew pilots and cabin crew by name <laughs> because I traveled so much particularly on Virgin <laughs> and um, that takes its toll mm -hmm. and there was one year that I only was at home 12 weekends because I was right. constantly getting on a flight and quite often they were all long haul and it got to the point where my body just just gave up I wasn't listening to the mind I wasn't listening to the signals of hey you can't keep doing this mm. um and you know I was burning both candles so I was working hard but I was also having quite a bit of fun as well Fraser so I was partying <laughs> quite hard too and all of those things caught up with me and right. I, I experienced real physical and mental burnout right where my immune system just gave up and I I started to be curious about how I could look after myself better and so that started me on my meditation journey um I do transcendental meditation which literally has changed my life right. um I do that 20 minutes every day um I became more aware of what I was putting in my body so I I no longer am the party animal which <laughs> surprised quite a few of my previous colleagues 
Um, and and yeah, that that's really what led me to be curious. So I'm always learning about different ways that we can look after the body and mind. And that's what led me to meet the other two co-founders of Moment Company, Alex and Charlie. And they had experienced separately um, similar uh, issues where Alex talks of literally losing his mind. He lost his short-term memory. And Charlie um, was suffering from grief after the loss of his mother and just needed a way to find um, something that would enable him to bring calm, to bring a kind of moment to himself throughout his working day. He was trying headspace and calm, but he felt that he needed something else to kind of give him a sense of soothing and, and peace throughout the day. And so that's where the three of us came together to to create Moment Company. So it's very much born out of our own felt mm. experiences of that work-related burnout um, and life burnout you know they're not disconnected with yeah, this person yeah. regardless of what we do um and so we bring something different but complementary to to our thinking and and what we share with with work um workplaces but also individuals and the, the business is built around uh what, what you, you call a mental fitness product which i think is mm-hmm. quite a neat term and, and it's the pebble that you mentioned earlier the moment pebble so how, how did you develop this idea and can you talk us through how it works yeah absolutely so so as you say we 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 call it mental fitness um because there's no reason why we shouldn't think about in fact it's so important we do think about our mental health in the same way we do our physical health so we talk about physical fitness um and i i use um the analogy of a peloton to our product in that you know you can buy your fancy bike comes with a program Mm. um, but if you leave it sitting in the corner and just look at it occasionally you're not going to get fit you need to get on it Mm -hmm. and you need to get on it every day and you need to feel the benefits so that you come back and you do it again the following day and Mm. that's where you start to build up that physical fitness over time and it's exactly the same with your mental fitness so doing little things every day consistently will seriously start to impact how you feel, the decisions that you make, and your overall strength and resilience, and ability to call on that calm and that strength when you need it um, in the moment, whatever that stress trigger might be. But it's not something you can do once and put away. Oh, I tried meditation once, it didn't work. Well, that's like saying you lifted weights once and you didn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. You gotta you gotta be in it. But we don't believe that you have to say, Oh, I need 20 minutes three times a day, or I need to be working on this an hour a day. It literally takes, as we you know, we did up front, 30 seconds can make a difference. And it's how you then build that over time that you'll you'll start to feel the benefits so we have our physical product which is the moment pebble which is a light guided um, natural stone breathing device and that takes you through that cardiac coherent breathing sequence that we did earlier but it Mm. also acts as a habit formation tool so you see it sitting on your desk so you remember throughout the day to take a breath but you can also pick it up hold it it's soothing it talks to all of our natural human behavior triggers where we like to we like objects 
Mm. And we embed emotional connection to those objects. You know, you think of a, a young kid with its teddy bear, you know, it grabs its teddy and it feels protected and safe. Or you've perhaps got a favorite mug that you like your tea in when you want to have a moment to yourself <laughs> or a piece of jewelry that's got some significance um, and, and sentimental value. And you can program any object to have that same sensation um, through NLP techniques, neuro-linguistic programming. And so we have a, a, a program that sits alongside the, the pebble, which introduces all of these different techniques to our our followers. So we take you through some breathwork exercises, mindfulness exercises, NLP techniques, some guided sessions. We talk about things like journaling, which really helped me um, in the last year deal with some some stress where, again, using language, you can reframe your day from a place of gratitude. And writing it down is almost um, a cathartic experience. You don't ever have to show it to anyone or ever read it again, but it really helps you get that emotion out and Mm -hmm. onto the page. Um, And we also encourage movement, you know, get out and walk, Mm -hmm. put on your music. Music is a great mindfulness (laughs) tool. So whack on your favorite tune and turn it up loud and just lose yourself in, in music for a minute, whether that's listening, playing, or singing, which is another great one where the vibration of your voice is actually a calming technique. Right. So, yeah, jump in the car if you or the shower if you don't want anyone to hear <laughs> you and sing as well. So we, we combine that program with the Pebble to support people um, kind of find what works what works for them. All really good stuff, and I, I'm going to tell. I was singing this morning, and my daughter <laughs> didn't appreciate it at all. So now oh, I'm going to okay. tell her when she comes home from school that I was doing it, you know, for, to reduce my my stress levels. Um, <laughs> what were you singing? Well, she's got a friend called Ruby, so I was singing that Kaiser Chief song, Ruby. Oh yeah, you know, you know the one. But I only actually know the bit that says Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. I couldn't remember <laughs> the rest of it, so it was probably was quite annoying to listen to <laughs> while she was trying to eat her breakfast. Um, uh, sort of playing devil's advocate a bit here, Fee. So, you know, I've seen the, um, I haven't actually held the moment pebble or, mm-hmm. you know, been in, had it at close proximity, but it looks quite new age, you know, the way it lights up and everything. And I think you've probably had a bit of scepticism from people poking a bit of fun. What do you say to, to them? Yeah, I think, um, I think I would like a pound for every time someone mentioned a pet rock. Um, <laughs> But, you know, that's that's great because that's exactly where the inspiration came from. So pebbles are seen as being very grounding objects. We get lots of lovely messages from people saying, oh, I picked up a pebble on the beach in 1985 and I still have it, you know, on my mantelpiece or I still put it in my pocket sometimes. Um, And people do carry around pebbles and objects for the Mm. exact reason Mm -hmm that we created ours, which is that moment of comfort, um, of soothing, of grounding. It's just those pebbles don't light up and don't mm. take you through a breathing sequence and don't come with our with our program. But yeah, yeah absolutely. The reason why it is a pebble is 
because people have positive connotations with association with something that they like to hold and it becomes a friend and it becomes a companion and that's exactly Mm -hmm. what what pet rocks were intended to do so um and it actually feels our pebble does it has a weight in it so it feels like a a natural stone it doesn't it's not plastic um it is intended to feel like something you you could have brought in from from the beach great so the um obviously with with the pandemic crisis and everything sort of fueling this interest in uh coping with stress and anxiety presumably it's really sharpened demand for a product like this so in in business terms how how are things going do you see yourself diversifying into other areas how far do you think you can take the company yeah i mean it's been a it's been kind of a perfect storm for us really in that um you're right there is a a need a desire a want to understand mental fitness and preventative tools um, and what's out there. And ours is definitely different as opposed to a headspace or cam. We are a physical object. And our goal is really to get people away from screens and to spend less time looking down and scrolling and more time looking up and being inspired. And so there's a reason why we are not in a physical device. Um, But we, you know, it was tough last year. So we we're fundraising and we were supposed to be on Dragon's Den, but everything got cancelled. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, so that was um, unfortunate. Um, our factories were closed at the very beginning of, of lockdown. But what that did was give us time to create the method that comes with the Pebble, to create content, to reach out to similarly minded practitioners and experts in the different areas um, like breathwork to start to build collaboration and content around that. So we have um, something like 60 to 70 days worth of tips and ideas that people can tap into where you don't necessarily have to have a pebble to still appreciate a moment. And so content is a real focus for us. Um, over the next 12 months but you know we have people asking us if we'd look into making smaller versions for children um, which we are looking into we're also looking into sensory pebbles so hot and cold triggers that perhaps people find more comforting than lights Um, and we're also exploring biofeedback where you'd be able to tap into heart rate monitor insights from simply holding holding the pebble and then you know we we are a moment company not a moment pebble company so we are looking at other products um, and devices that can um, bring you that moment of calm throughout throughout your day as well so so yes we 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 have a a long-term roadmap and vision for other products and content that we can people can take with them that's the most important thing you know it's it's portable and it's giving you lifelong skills. These are all things that people can do themselves mm-hmm. today. We just need a reminder, and that's really what we're we're all about. So, given all the experiences that you've had in your career today, all the travelling around the world, the uh, the burnout, launching your own business during lockdown, what advice would you now give the young Fee McKinnon desperate to to 
well, not desperate to leave, are both keen to <laughs> explore the world and see what's out there. I probably was desperate to leave Ibrox <laughs> at that point, but now I've 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 fallen in love with it again after last year. It's a lovely part of the world. Visit Angus. Here <laughs> you go, get a plug in. Um, I think, I think you know, um, best bit of advice I would give a young me, um, and not to be too cliche here, is to appreciate being in the moment. You know, I had some fun, as I've alluded to. I've I've traveled, I've been to some amazing places and met some amazing people. And just that, appreci- appreciate it. Appreciate being in the moment. Don't always be jumping around to the next thing. And I think it's mm-hmm. something that I'm learning to do every day more and more. And, you know, you can't turn the clock back. And I don't regret anything, but just really appreciating um that journey I think it was is the advice that I would give myself and don't worry too much <laughs> great well we're going to finish now with five quick fire questions as has become a bit of a tradition so are you ready okay go <laughs> <laughs> what's the first record you ever bought uh the first record I ever bought I think was Bucks Fizz Land of Make-Believe that <laughs> classic <laughs> yeah it was a it was a good tune got to give it to you very catchy um apart from the moment pebble what is your favorite way to relax uh i love being by the seaside so getting out seeing the horizon being being by the beach is really important to me great that's i can certainly relate to that now i believe you're also a big motor racing fan oh yes yeah so who's your favorite (laughs) racing driver and why uh, I probably watch about 16 hours of F1 when there's a Grand Prix weekend. Um, I I mean, apart from David Coulthard, obviously, apart from DC, um, my current favorite racing driver is a, is a duo. I love Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. I just love the banter between the two of them. They're playful. They're fun. They bring a little bit of lightness and brightness into the F1 circuit. So I've cheated by by naming two. <laughs> That's okay. We'll let you off, seeing as you're obviously so into it. Oh, I am. Um, <laughs> now, if and when life returns to what we uh, used to call normal, where in the world would you most like to go on holiday? I think my first destination would have to be Australia. I miss it too much. I've got some great right. friends, family out there, so Australia. And finally, the big question that everyone's <laughs> been waiting for me to ask, what's for dinner tonight? Ooh, uh, probably whatever <laughs> I open the fridge to, which I'm vegetarian. So I think it's, I've, I've found vegetarian chorizo sausage. It's a revelation. Oh, wow. So I'll probably have that in something, maybe a frittata or some pasta, something, mm. something along those lines. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds very good. Well, Fee, thank you so much. I mean, that's lovely, uh, really useful advice you've given people. And it's great to hear your story as well, which is so interesting. So great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Razor. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed uh, talking to Fee, uh, somebody I've known for a few years now. I met her through the Scottish Business Network, which is a wonderful place to, to make some really interesting connections. Uh, so if you want to find out more about that, go to sbn.scot. So that's the end of this episode, which was brought to you in partnership with the Arbroath Tourist Board. To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.